Business Tech Weekly Podcast, episode number 36. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Andy Traub. And Andy and I come together every single week to talk about business, small to medium-sized businesses where we want to learn how to be more productive, more effective in all the things that we do with the time that we have and the technology tools in which we use to carry out said business. So said business. Said business. Yeah. You like that? Yes. You don't get to say said enough. You know, know, like said. I know. Anyway. Not in that tense anyway. You always talk about tense. what well he, or she, he said and she no, said. No, yeah, that's right. Right, right. Uh, but right. Way to go. I know. I, it's, I, hear, I hear a new podcast coming on, the uh, language podcast. English, <laughs> English 101. Hold on one second. My, my wife is walking into the studio Come up here hey. closer to me, wife. Yes, yes, <laughs> wife. Hi. What you need? Um, well, I didn't know you were recording. I was, is it okay? <laughs> what? Is it okay if we have a late? Dinner? Late dinner is perfect because after this, I have to talk with Dan Miller and a couple and a couple oh, other clients. You have to talk to Dan. Like, it's yeah, such I know. A chore. <laughs> it's such a chore to talk with Dan Miller. Okay, I'm gonna go pick up my engagement. Ring. All right. Are you getting your engagement ring? How how excited? Who's the lucky guy? Hey, that's kind of weird. <laughs> he says that's, that's kind of weird. You, you know, it's a bad day when your wife goes and gets an engagement ring. Yeah, it, she's getting it repaired. All right, that's I know. Babe. I know. All right. All right, love you. I love you. Are we having Chipotle for dinner? No. Darn. All right, I love you. All right. Sorry about that, but I'm then actually. You know what? No, I'm not. You know why I allowed that to happen and and did not pause the recording. Because that's life, baby. Because this is the life of of doing what you love for a living. You know, it's so cool. I mean, the, the, it it is it is just a blessing to be able to work from home, and you know, your wife needs you for a little bit. You just you just hey, I'm available to you. How about that? How about that? I love it. So anyway, today we are going to talk about mapping your mind. <laughs> And it spending funny money. When you say it that way. <laughs> I yes, have and spending money. And yes. spending money. No, seriously, this thing called mind mapping. I, I saw you throw it into the the outline as a topic for today. And I'll be honest with you, we're going to talk about today something that I am one billion percent or one hundred percent completely clueless about. I have no idea what a mind map is. In fact, I want to tell you that. I had never even heard, I, I'd heard people, I'd maybe heard the phrase mind mapping in passing before, uh-huh. really never stood out to me at all. I'm thinking mind mapping, uh, it, it, it just didn't even stand out to me. And I had a client and, and in fact, a client that has called in some feedback about mind mapping for today's show. I had mm-hmm. a client who sent me, he says, he says, I'm going to send you a mind map of <laughs> what I'm thinking you know, what I have planned for, for my podcasting venture and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, great. And I pull it up and, and to be honest with you, if I, and it's been, oh gosh, this has been several months ago. 
And if right. I remember, all I remember is a bunch of words in either rectangles or circles with a bunch of lines drawn all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is this? You know, it's like I, I, I was like clueless. I'm like, you know what? I, I, just, I, I I'm like, I looked at it for a few minutes and I tried to decipher what all this meant. And I just I, I basically I closed the document. I attached it <laughs> to his high rise account and I'm like, I'm sure he'll explain to me what this means when we get on the phone. <laughs> so so that was my that's my that's my only experience with a mind map. So in my mind, mind mapping is a bunch of words with circles around it with a lines drawn back and forth to how they connect to each other. I don't know. Now, now, Andy, tell me, you know what mind mapping is so that you can explain it to me, sir. Well, Mind mapping at its core is a central idea or purpose that I think has several steps or aspects that can be helped or can be developed by visually representing it on a um, you know on a on a two dimensional space. So you are going to take several ideas or a flow of steps, and you can put it in such a way that just by glancing at it, it will help you understand the idea, help you understand the flow uh, more effectively. It, it's a, it's basically taking a spreadsheet, if you will, which you know has obvious constraints, and um, you know, fleshing it out or or flattening it, if you will. Um, so, you know, it, mind maps are best understood by seeing them live. And so, actually, Cliff, if you go to uh, andytrob.com. Make sure I got this right. Slash mind map. Okay, I'm I just did this. Yeah, go to andytrob.com slash mind map. Andytrob.com slash mind map. This is a little surprise for you. I've been working on this. Okay. okay. All right. Going there. Going there. What's the best point of mind mapping and which oh, mind mapping them. tool is the <laughs> what's best? What's the point? Yeah, that's oh, okay. the point. Yeah, what's okay. the point? You read, I thought I wrote it wrong. But here's the thing. That mind map right there, yep. that's the GSPN family tree. All right. Okay. So a way of uh, representing the GSPN network is, one, you could just go to gspn.tv and you could look at the list of your shows. But another way is to visually represent it here and show these shows sort of shooting off of each other. Okay. So Business Tech Weekly then was born into, for me, I started another show. And then other people maybe listen to about the church and went, hey, I should start a show about this topic. And so what someone could do is we could share this map and you can jump in here and, and add your own edits. And we can watch that live. But what it does is it's a, it's a visual representation of sort of a family tree or a flow chart uh, of ideas. And um, some people, and we'll have both sides today, which is great to have both sides, think it's a horrible uh, way to capture ideas. I think it's counterintuitive. Uh, others find it to be very, very helpful. So that's an example of a mind map right there. And then obviously with this service I use, you can embed it on a page, which obviously I did with an iframe. And it's, it's in my opinion, helpful if you take action, as if all things are helpful if you take action. I find that most people make mind maps and then they just let them sit. It's like a business plan. Most people make business plans and they just let them sit. So that's where I'm not 100% sold on mind mapping because 
I think it's something to do instead of doing what you're mapping about. All right. So, so, so let me read to, can I read to you the, what's going on in the chat room so that people that aren't here live can benefit kind of about the conversation. So Jonathan says, so it's kind of like a flow chart, uh, question sure. mark. So he's asking, uh, Seth actually responds sort of, but it's not chronological or procedural. It's more free form. Uh, the True. guy who pioneered it is British. Uh, he's a British researcher. Uh, Tony Buzan wrote the book on it in the seventies, I think. And Jonathan says, okay, I think I do them naturally, uh, but just didn't have a name for it. And Seth says, yeah, it's all about simulating creativity, stimulating creativity through employing a lot of senses, shapes, colors, icons, etc." And he says, at least that that's the original theory. Buzan suggests doing it on construction paper with colored pencils and stuff. I could never do that. And uh, Gangroot says in here, mind mapping is great for organizing thoughts for blog posts or essays. Uh, now, I create I create outlines. All right. Mm-hmm. And and I I create outlines and it's more along. You've got your your main points and then I do bulleted, you know, sub sub points and then I can do sub points over those. Now, what I what I noticed about most of the mind maps that I've seen examples of, and I've done some research just to look into this before today's show, since I knew it was coming up as a topic. Most of them, however, are are they they seemingly are just floating ideas, and they're just lines connecting things wherever there's any kind of you know where where certain t- thoughts intersect. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it it seems very abstract to me. I can certainly I can certainly see where some people who are more visual uh, can can really benefit from this, which is really weird because I'm a visual person myself, but have never really thought of creating a mind map. Now, I will say that I know I've created workflows before. And workflows mm. kind of look the same way. It's kind of like you would have, you know, here's task number one. And right. and you would draw a line down under that. It's like, listen, go from this point, but then it's all very chronological and very concrete. It's like next step, you go down here. Um, mm-hmm. and, and workflows, it's like, have you ever just seen the, the workflow for whether you, or not you should buy an iPad? Did you see that yeah. joke? Yeah. yeah, I did. I totally did. And yeah. it's like here, okay. It's like here you come. Here's a decision, and it's and it's in a bubble, and it says, "Do you, you know, here's the question: Do you like this? And if if yes, go here to this box. If no, right. go to here. And that is more like a workflow. It's a flow chart, and flow charts. I'm totally down with. I get flow charts. I understand flow charts, and I use flow charts like crazy, whether graphical or just writing them flow charts down kind of in a in a you know more of an outline versus a a graphical interface but i get flow charts but how does a flow chart i mean is do do mind maps have to be so different than a flow chart or is a flow chart a type of mind mapping well i you know well, there's probably people who do like project management or creative thinking or whatever that would like blast us cuz we're not as informed as they are i have no but clue but i can say I can say with confidence that you could make a flowchart in a mind map. Okay, depends on what program you use, but I think you could make a pretty mean flowchart out of a mind map. You can make a, a workflow 
out of a mind map. You could use it for that. You could use an outline for a project on a mind map. Um, and, and I don't know this, if this would be a good spot for feedback, but I, I, I want to read the one uh, from a friend of mine and a listener to the show that thinks that mind mapping is a bad idea. Well, go ahead and read that. Okay. All right. So um, he says, he said, this is from my, my friend John Barkanic. You can find him at barkanic.com. Those are all C's, no K's, barkanic.com. And he says, the reason I don't use mind mapping is because I think it short circuits the creative process. That sentence right there is very fascinating because most people think a mind mapping helps the creative process, but he says it short circuits it. So little detail, and then he'll conclude here. It says, creative problem solving has five steps. Diagnosing the problem, generating possible solutions, identifying the best solution, implementing the solution, and adjusting along the way. Mind mapping type exercises can be helpful in diagnosing stage, but are most helpful in solution generating stage. So here's the deal. He says the problem with mind mapping is that rather than helping you create an unbroken flow of creative ideas, so get a lot of ideas out there, it forces you to evaluate each idea to see where it fits on the quote-unquote map, which interrupts the flow of creativity. It's well known that the creative act and the editing act utilize different parts of the brain. I love that sentence. In my experience, mind mapping causes a person to consistently flip between the two, which is creative and editing, thus drying up the creative juices. So, John, thank you for that feedback. I actually think that he tapped into something that, that I, didn't, I couldn't put words to, um, which is that I do have a problem because I feel like the creative process is sort of, uh, you know, it's like barfing. It's like you just throw it out there. You don't, you don't edit it. You just, you know, I remember when I was a kid and they said brainstorming, you, you know, in high school, they said, there are no bad ideas here. We put everything out there and then we take it away. And, but mind mapping, John's right, it, you have to make sure these ideas fit together. So you're switching between editing and being creative, and I think that can kind of mess with your head a little bit. So some people don't like it, and some people like our other feedback, swear by it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We are going to, to listen to somebody who I, I know believes in it because, like I said, he was a client of mine who actually sent me a mind map, which I'm certain made a ton of sense to him, made absolutely none to me. But let, let's hear Jay Carter uh, and his audio feedback regarding mind mapping. Go ahead, Jay. Take it away. Hey, Cliff and Andy. Jay Carter here with the ADHD Weekly Podcast, calling in for Business Tech Weekly. I'm excited about your topic this week, mind mapping. I've been a mind mapper for probably 15 years now. I use mind mapping with my coaching clients. I use it in my day job. Anytime I'm brainstorming, anytime I'm working on projects, mind mapping is the quickest way for me to get something out of my brain and onto paper. And it kind of inspires uh, creativity linking from one topic to another in a mind map. The main tools I use are Mind Manager for a mind jet. And I also use Professional Brain. Uh, I guess it's Personal Brain Professional Edition. Mind Manager is really good for getting things down quickly and creating a good one-page mind map. I love it for that. I use that probably most often. But Personal Brain can is more of a, a network thing where you can have multiple links. And it does a really good job of mapping out things like your business. I've got my entire business mapped out with personal brain. Anyway, looking forward to hear what you guys talk about and have a great day. Thanks. All right, Jay, thank you very much. So there he believes, he feels that mind mapping has been very useful in helping him, um, you know, help him, him work out all of this stuff. So 
Uh, matter of fact, I, I see right here, he says, I did a brain scan of what I'm looking for, and I put it here, and it looks like it's no longer online. He he had it online at one time. It looks like he took it off. But uh, but yeah, it's, so, I mean, I here's I guess here's what I'm thinking, okay? You have to, the, the thing is, we all have ideas that come to us. Yes, we do. And the, the, what makes somebody successful is not having great ideas because great ideas, to be honest with you, they, they ain't worth squat. They're free. They're free. Everybody has an idea. All right. But the, 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 the truth of what makes a great idea profitable is execution. All right. And, and so the idea is how do you take an idea from what's in your mind and then execute it, turn it into something productive, turn it into a product, turning it into an event, turning it into a reality, uh, activating it in and, and moving forward. And, and I guess what I, my only opinion on this is that I don't care if you use mind mapping or if you use a paper napkin <laughs> to write it down, to, to figure it out and to capture, to capture creative thoughts and then find a way to activate it. Let me tell you, um, I have so many different ways that I brainstorm and 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 think of creative things. I've got two white dry erase whiteboards behind me. I mm-hmm. am all, every now and then I just take 15, 25, 30 minutes and I will just completely just throw down tons of ideas that come to my mind for products and services that I want to create for my audience uh, and, and my community and my clients. And I just, just write down ideas. I don't care how big and bold they are, how unrealistic they are. I just write them down. And then what I do is when I, when I get a chance, I'll, I'll take one of those ideas off the board and I'll sit down and, and, and with a piece of paper or, or sometimes with an outline, uh, program, like my, my outliner for the iPad, I'll just say, okay, here's this product I want to create. What are all the big points that I want to actually teach in this product, this training product? And I write it all down. And then I say, okay, well, let's break it down into further points. And then and, and I dr- drill down. And then what I do is say, okay, now how do I want to communicate this? Is this a teleseminar? Is this is this going to be a written blog post? Is this going to be a book, an ebook? Is this going to be a video? Is this going to be a live webinar? And then I advertise it and then I move forward on it. But for some people, maybe that's not their process. Maybe using this mind mapping software is best. But I, you know, anybody who says that I think that mind mapping, what did you say? What was the phrase? Um, I, I think it, what the creative product short circuits. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I think, I, I think it's more correct to say for, I find that for me, mind mapping short circuits the creative process and I kind of attribute my feelings towards this due to the fact that I believe it has something to do with the you know the you know the right and left side of the brain you know versus I mean some people I think we're there are a lot of us that are wired differently and Mm -hmm. and and I can tell you right now Jay Carter is very successful in mind mapping his ideas and it works for him does that make sense? Yeah, and I and I appreciate that. I I don't think either one of us are going to come down like it's the worst thing in the world or it's the best thing in the world. I think that, and we'll get to Seth Godin later in the show. But one of the things that he says repeatedly is, it doesn't matter about your ideas. It matters if you ship or not. You know, if you don't ship your product, 
then it just sits. Right. You can't make any money off of it. You can't help people. You can't change the world. So uh, if mind mapping helps you ship, then mind map away, right? Yeah. Uh, but if, if workflows do, if outlines do, if outliner uh, does, you know, the iPad app, what, if, if sending yourself an email does, if using Instapaper, which I've started to use recently, you know, whatever it is that helps you capture ideas and content that you can then, you know, produce um, your own product or service, use it. Uh, yep. But mind mapping on its own, you know, I do think that there's some things that, um, and I, I, I was actually going to ask you, I have a couple different ideas, but what what do you think mind mapping is well built for? Like, what do you think it would be ideally used for when it comes to you know the creative process of business? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to plead the fifth and say I, I have no clue. Um, All right, because I'm just gonna throw I, out idea because you know, I don't. Not I've never used mind mapping software in my life. And uh -huh. I and I and all I've seen is the product of somebody else's brains dumped onto a flat surface and demonstrated without a real understanding of what that all represents. And so for yeah. me, I, I really have no clue of really the process of how it works. And so I, I don't feel like I, I know enough about what mind mapping really is to say what it's well suited for. I'm sure it's well suited for a lot of things if you understand the process and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. what, but what about you? I mean, have you thought, I, I'm sure you thought it through. Well, one, one I think is, um, you know, let's just use an example. I, um, just today taught a class, like I, I said earlier for free agent Academy on, um, on how to have a really wickedly powerful email, uh, inbox. Okay. So I talked for an hour and 15 minutes straight. I just talked and went through my, Google Apps account and how I've made my email workflow work for me. All the different aspects of Gmail, all the different power of, of all the labs features, and that'll be a product that I sell. Uh, it'll save people hours and hours a week, right? But where did it start? It started with a mind map for me. And I went and I said, okay, what are the, what are the core principles of Gmail? Okay, it it doesn't, um, it has threaded messages. Is there anything off of that that I can do? You know, no, okay, it has uh, built-in Google Docs. Is there anything that comes off of that? Yes, there's a labs feature that you can turn any email into a document. So that would come off of that. So I'm starting to collect ideas and make sure they're related to each other. And it helps me sort of capture them all and make sure that I'm not missing any. So for me, it was, it helped me map out what eventually became a product. Um, there was just a lot of information that on a normal sort of more structured outline, it didn't necessarily fit. I needed things to be a little bit more um, interconnected than just sort of tab tab once or twice. You know what I mean? Uh, and I've also used it to map out a website, uh, you know, a web map or navigation. Um, that's That's been one of the places that I've used it. Um, those are the two big ones is products, thinking through product flows uh, and, and, you know, organizing sort of website structures. Right. Now, see, the webs, if there's anything I can think of is, is you know, you have, uh, what do they call those um, on uh, th those maps? Uh, they, ca they call them some sort of map for your uh, website. What is that called? I don't remember either, but uh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. You, anyway, the the whole idea is that you have a map of your website so that you know where 
it, 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 you know, all the kind of you'd have a good structure of where everything leads to. I, I think maybe mind mapping site, a site map. map. Site yeah. map. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was just having that was a, in the chat, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Th- yes. So uh, and thank you to Seth for for pointing that out. I believe that's Seth, by the way. I haven't seen Eternal Cal in our chat rooms in quite some time, but I'm pretty sure that that's Seth Wilson, if I'm not mistaken. And if I'm right, I'm totally going to pat myself on the back. Um, nice. So, uh, but anyway, uh, it, uh, so here's the deal, though. Uh, site maps, it, in my mind, it's like, okay, this is the this is the close. If I wanted to design a website and I wanted to make sure that all the appropriate, like there are several different site or different pages on my site that certainly need to definitely link to this particular page and not this page over here needs to link to this page and i need to make sure that all of these pages all link inter you know to to each other but it's not necessarily important that this page links over to all this other stuff so i could see where these these um where a mind map is is a good representation of making sure that hey i want to make sure that all of these places are linked to each other within the website does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah. so that yeah. Yeah. so that's i think maybe that's a place where i would definitely need or i or, or could make use of a a mind mapping piece of software does that make sense sure i i think sure. That, i think if, if if with as much as i understand and again for those of you who use this all, I definitely have very limited understanding of any of it. So, <laughs> all right. So Seth, well, Seth said that was definitely him. And he says, mind jets, my mind manager software lets you flag portions of my, of a mind map with certain statuses so that you can flag an entire entry as urgent, uh, percent complete, uh, and all and so forth. So it's useful for project management in that respect. So you know what I you know I don't want to shoot. I said I certainly don't want to shoot this down. It sounds to me like there there's a probably something that you know I, I might even have some proclivity towards using. Uh, and and I think probably like Jonathan, I probably do this with my outlines and and some of the other things that I do. And probably just haven't called it mind mapping, but I probably have done this in textual form time and time and time again. And I certainly have drawn a bunch of diagrams to help me visually represent what I'm doing. And but I've always called those workflows, and I just don't know if a workflow equals mind map. Well, one thing that oh, I think I'm thinking of that iPad example, which is pretty funny. But um, the one thing I think a workflow does is it comes back to itself. You know, like um, mind maps, I think sometimes they don't connect. Like once you go down one tree of a mind map, that uh-huh. tree sometimes doesn't connect to the other tree. Whereas in a workflow, they all sort of are connected to each other. A mind map goes back to one central point, but let's just say you have sort of level one, level two, level three. Level three of both sides won't connect to each other. Uh, within well, a workflow, sometimes they do. See, I, um, but I'm just thinking of that when I think about the iPad one because it seemed like it was all sort of cohesive and it was real tight. But mind maps can get really far out there, you know, just like tree limbs can go, you know, way out there. See now that uh, now the the i the iPad, you know, what should I buy an iPad? 
uh, workflow is an example that I think is is probably more of an exception to the rule. Whereas when I think of I, when I think of workflows, I think of you have a beginning and then you have an, an end. So basically, uh, somebody wants to purchase equipment and number and then the the end result is okay. I want to get to where product is delivered and client is satisfied. Yeah. And so and so there it's basically all the way over here on the left and then all the way over on the right. And then what you have is and I create a workflow. It's like, OK, how did this you know, new client con, client, you know, initial contact. OK, option one by phone, option two, email, option three, what you know, whatever. Um, you know, it's like, OK, so if they go, if they call by phone, here's here are the options. We do this, this or this. And, and some of those interact and come back in, but some of them don't. And and so that's the way that I kind of see things happening is that it's not always looping around, but it's everything's moving towards the end, which is quite honestly, it, it's obviously we need to um, get you to the place where you are at the end of this workflow, a happy, satisfied customer who has every single thing that you had asked for. And at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. And that's why I think, you know, that's what's unique, I think, about Business Tech Weekly, I hope, is that we don't just talk about the tool and go, okay, good luck. It's what's the point? Right. You know, ask yourself the why. And, you know, I think that when I'm trying to remember who, who said that recently, that it was important. Oh, I know. It was one of my favorite television shows is Homes on Homes. You know that show at all? No, I haven't heard it's of it. This, this Canadian guy. He's a contractor, but he's like super genius guy. He's just he's an amazing man. And his name is Mike Holmes, H O L M E S. And he goes around and he fixes problems of other contractors that didn't do a good job. And his whole thing is everybody knows how, but why? Why is the important question? You know, not just how you build something, but why are you building it? And that's the thing with mind mapping. It's not just how you do it, but why are you doing it? Is it helping you get to where you have happy, satisfied customers or not? Because if it's not moving you towards that, then it's just spinning your wheels. And, and I hate to like quote Seth Godin like the Bible or anything like that, but I think he had something else again today. He said, what if you only had five hours a week or something like that or five hours a day to work? What would you do differently? You know, pretend like you do and see how you work. And what you realize is you're working on things that truly matter. And that's my concern with mind mapping is I use MindMeister, M-I-N-D-M-E-I-S-T-E-R, and I, I like it. But frankly, I haven't found it to be necessary in my business because I have other means of doing things that are built into my workflow. So I use Google Docs because I'm in my Google account much more often. So it's not just that you have the tool, it's why are you using the tool? Is it helping you get to where you are shipping product? And by shipping, it might be shipping your service, you know. Uh, but that's, that's our end goal. And it does a lot of fancy things, Cliff. I mean, you can do a lot of cool things with mind maps nowadays. They're very dynamic. Um, but I don't. But what's funny is, and we, we'll have a link here to the Lifehacker uh, top five best mind mapping applications. Okay. But honestly, Cliff, there's a free one, and there's a three hundred and fifty dollar program for mind mapping. I couldn't tell the difference, and I'm sure if you got in there, you could figure it out. But it's sort of like the difference between Microsoft Office and Open Office. You know, one costs two hundred fifty bucks, and one costs nothing. And essentially, they're the same thing. You know, you could have a great business and use an open office. You could yeah. have a great business and use Microsoft Office, but it depends on 
what are you using it for? And that's why I hope makes our show different is where it's not just about, hey, that's a cool tool, but it's like, but what's the point? Yeah. And Jay Carter uses it and it helps him a lot. If it helps him have happy, satisfied customers, then go for it, man. Right. But if it doesn't, it's a distraction. Right. And, and, and I will argue that I think it makes sense for a lot of people to go out and buy Microsoft Office. It, it, it I mean, it is packaged nicer and, and, in many respects and it in the the user interface is a little bit more fluid and well thought out and mm-hmm. and stuff like that but you're right at the end of the day it does do the same thing the question is is how important are the aesthetics to you and i'm sure that there's a, a you know if i was a mind mapper i would i would probably spend the uh 350 bucks you know for sure. for that that thing if if it has those you know bells and whistles which by the way how about this for a transition let's talk about free versus uh, you know, paid. And I know we talk about this a lot, but today I think really uh, is in, I have another topic and it's very much inspired by once again, say Seth Goten and uh, a blog post that he recently put out. And it has everything to do with whether or not you decide to spend money or not spend money in your business. Yeah. I, I, when I saw it, I just thought, I thought of you right away. I thought of that, that Mac that I can actually read through Ustream because it's so big. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I thought about uh, the purchase of my laptop, the purchase of my iPad, the purchase of Bluetooth keyboard. I mean, all these things that I purchased for my business that frankly have been part of my business doing very, very well lately. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I love this line. Okay. This line, it's a, it's a pretty short blog post, but one of his lines Actually, says, Andy, uh, do me a favor. Read the entire blog post because it, it'll only oh. take you three minutes, at, yeah. if, if that. Let me, yeah, let me do that real quick. Let me just go there. All right, so Seth Godin. Uh, it, the title of this one's called Spending Money to Make Slash Lose Money. When I was a struggling freelancer, I hated to spend money. I hired myself to do everything possible because money I spent was money I didn't get to keep. When I was hiring researchers to find great leads for my first internet company, I loved to spend money. Every penny we spent made us four pennies. So I spent as many pennies as I possibly could. And there's the key distinction between two approaches to money. If you build a business that processes inputs, leads, articles, code, attention, visitors, employees, and produces outputs that work, you want as many as you can possibly find. If you view the world as a small pie with a finite number of pieces, better not spend on anything you could possibly you can possibly avoid spending on. The trick is this: if your business isn't working as you hope, perhaps it's because you need to flip your approach. I love these questions. Listen to them carefully. Is it an expense or an asset? Is it a tax or an opportunity? Is it an investment or a risk? It turns out that people have a very difficult time making the leap. Big company executives leave their jobs to start little companies but keep spending like money doesn't matter. Freelancers skim, skimp on spending that would certainly pay off and quickly. This is the last line. I love it. This simple decision needs to be an intentional one. There you go. So I, I love it. I love it. He says do things with intentionality. You know, let, let it be an intentional decision. And Cliff, you and I, I think have both come across and said, hey, Let's be intentional about spending money. And I have found that I've spent a lot more lately than kept uh, when it comes to investing in my business. And it's, and it's paid off in very, very real ways. Yeah. One of the things that I have the opportunity, being a sol- solopreneur, 
I have the ability to take all the profits that come in from my business and pretty much t- I can pay all the quote unquote required expenses and and basically take, you know, t- after all the overhead is is done, I can take all the profits. I mean, literally, I could take 100% of all the profits of my business and then turn that into a paycheck to myself every single month. That is something that I have every single right to do as a business owner. I don't think it would be a very wise decision because I, I have determined that I want to not just pay myself. Matter of fact, um, I, I'll be honest with you, since for the last uh, year now, my paycheck has not increased, though the amount of money coming into my business has increased drastically. All right. And so what happens to that money? And you know what? I, I, it's, it's the most unbelievable thing in the world. You know, I, I decided I want a brand new computer to work on. I think I would work faster, more efficiently with more screen real estate, with a faster processor, with a bigger hard drive. I wouldn't have to worry about all of this and all of that. And so what did I do? I walked into the Apple store and paid, well, tech, you know, figuratively, I paid cash from the business yeah. account for you know $2,000 for a 27-inch iMac computer. I came back from the Apple store, and I will tell you what, since I have brought this thing home, I have made some digital video training products that have earned me more than $17,000. Paid $2,000 for the computer. I've used that computer to create products that have earned me more than $17,000. And I will Mm -hmm. tell you right now, I guarantee you, I would not have created the products that I created with this computer on my 13 inch MacBook computer. I would have not, I would not have done it on my, my windows based PC. It's because of the specific computer that I have in front of me that I have had the power, the real estate and, and the, the, just the creative juices and the flow of what I want to do the way I want to do it because I went out and I spent $2,000. Yeah. And, and for you, what's interesting is that for you, it was getting the bigger machine. Yeah. For me, it was getting a 13-inch MacBook. Right. You know, and, and, and that's, I think that's, I hope that's encouraging to people because it's like, you know, you don't have to spend 2000 You could probably get, a, you know, get by with 900 or so and get something refurbished from the Apple store. But the point is, what is that next thing that you need to buy that is an investment? It's not, I don't, I, I just... I never saw getting this Mac as a risk. I didn't. And this isn't like, you know, Mac Love Fest. It could be a copy machine. I don't know what your piece of equipment is. The but- iPad. <laughs> Let's keep it a Love Fest for the Mac. Come That's on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be a lawnmower if you're a lawnmowing company. It could be, right. what's that new piece of equipment that's going to, it's like, listen, if it helps you do things twice as fast, then you can do twice as much work. Yep. You know? So it's just, it's just pretty simple when it comes to spending money on things. You know, you just have to do the math. The problem is, and, and I, I want to bring this up because I did a little research on this. Okay. I, I looked up good old Wikipedia. I looked up bootstrapping. I don't yep. know if you saw this in the notes or not. Okay? I did not. Okay. But so here's the irony about bootstrapping. And I never really thought through it because the term is used so much 
and I'll get clients, and they're usually not my best clients, they'll say, I'm really bootstrapping this, which means they don't want to pay a full price, okay? Mm-hmm. But the idea of bootstrapping, and again, again, because it's used so often, I forgot the idea of what it really means when you say bootstrapping. Mm-hmm. Bootstrapping means you're trying to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? Yep. Well, it's impossible, right? And so the irony is people say, I'm really trying to bootstrap this, and I would say to them, that's impossible. Like, at some point, you have to invest, like you have to invest your time, and sometimes we're today we're talking about money. You have to invest some capital, you know. You have to invest some money in it if you expect it to work. Now, I'm not saying if you buy all the right equipment, you've got a great service. That's not true. One of the funniest stories I think uh, from we from rework with Jason Fried and uh, his partner David is that when they first started their company, they didn't have the ability to bill people when they when they, they first sold their service, but they thought, hey, we got 30 days to figure it out. You know, that's like, hey, we'll get that figured out. And I'm not telling people to like go do things recklessly and say, oh, I'll figure out how to pay for it later. But I'm just saying if you're confident enough that if you get the tool, it'll turn out okay or that the tool will allow you to do work that you couldn't do before that will then pay you, such as your your work or my work now. I mean, my MacBook has brought me in. And let's let's just do a little comparison. I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably brought me $7,000 of work that I would have never even dreamed of pursuing, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's a thousand bucks and I got 7,000 so far and it's paid for and I'm still making money. So that's just going to grow. So, you know, don't, don't think of bootstrapping like it's a badge of courage. I don't want you to be wasteful with your money, my friends, but at the same time, I think a lot of people, Cliff, they don't, they don't succeed in their business because they're sort of, they're on their heels and not on their toes. Right, you know what I mean by that. And yep. by your heels, it's like I'm going to keep my hands in my pockets. I'm going to sit on my. I'm going to stand on my heels, and I'm going to wait for business to come to me. No, 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 no. Lean forward, get on your toes. Maybe go spend some money. And here's the other thing: you probably have a lot of stuff you don't use. Sell that, and they'll go buy whatever you needed to buy. That's how I got my iPad. I sold things I wasn't using anymore. Yeah, you know. But it's for you. It's a faster computer. It might be someone's faster phone. For me, it's going to be office space. Well, and I know we're, we're very different in this area, but for me, it's office space. I, I need that to work better, you know? So that's an example for me. Andy, I'm going to, I'm going to give you another area. And of course this one seemingly would be a no brainer, but this, we're speaking to small to medium sized business owners, people who are launching businesses, right. And, and, and have their own businesses. Uh, it, that's a majority of our audience. We know there are many of you other folks out there. Um, but here, here's the thing. When I started my own business, I had I had no idea how I was going to make money. And I will be honest with you. I'll tell folks the very first year that I did my business, we were I mean, it was we were hurting for money. I'm telling you, high anxiety. It was those were some tough times that first year of doing this business on my own. However, you know, the business was bringing in money. But for the first four months, the business didn't pay me a paycheck. There was zero pay, paycheck from me. It was all, everything went towards overhead. Now, one of the things that was overhead was a $900 a month payment. Do you want you know what that $900 a month payment was in 2007? It was... Uh, health insurance? Health, I don't know. Health insurance. That's yeah. exactly right. Health insurance for me and my family. That was overhead. Um, it was one of the things the business could pay for as a benefit to me as an employee. So paying for health insurance for me and my family was a benefit. That's overhead. Now, when it's when you're just barely able to put food on the table, 
Okay. And you're, I mean, you're scraping pennies from everything. You're selling things. You're, you're pulling money out of your pension so that you can make it the first year. I mean, it's very tempting to say, you know what, here's this $900 expense. We are all seemingly in good health. We can go a couple months until, you know, things start to pick up, right? Absolutely not. This is a place where I felt it was important to spend money. So at the end of the year, I spent $10,800. That's a lot of money. Yes, it is. All right. Well, in January of 2008, I landed in the hospital and with a gallbladder attack, I was in there for, I think, almost an entire week. I think I was in there an entire week and ended up having my gallbladder and my appendix removed and, uh, you know, a bunch of other things going on. So, so what happened was by the time I got out with all the different expenses, it was like $30,000. Wow. All right. So it cost me $10,800. Now here's the deal this year in 2008, I paid another 10,800. You know what? How many times I've been to the doctor or to the hospital? I've been there for some sinus infections, whatever. I mean, but, but here's the deal. Why do I put all this money away? Why do I spend this? And by the way, I even, I am very intentional about how I spend that, that nine, that $900 a month, only 400 and some of it goes to the health insurance company. The rest of that money all sits in a health savings account, which I can use for any kind of expenses and it builds up and can continue to go towards a very high deductible that I have. But the the Mm -hmm. thing is, the truth is though, we have things where I feel like it's important for us to spend the money on these things versus just saying, you know what? Hey, we made a great profit. Let's keep, let's, let's pay ourselves a little extra. And so mm-hmm. I really do feel like it's important at times to spend money. But again, I, I totally get what he's saying that, you know, I can imagine somebody who is a big corporate guy. He was with the company that has, you know, gave him an expense account, you know, that, you know, it's like, hey, listen, you need to spend this money. Otherwise, we're taking it away from you. <laughs> and and so right, I can right. see somebody coming and then all of a sudden launching their own business and just writing. It's like, you know what? I need a new iMac. In 2007, would I have bought this iMac? I probably wouldn't have because you know what? At that point in time, there was there was that moment where I would have said, you know what? I can't do this right now because I'm not even able to put food on the table. But here's my thinking, though. I wonder, had I purchased you know, a $2,000 piece of investment in my business if it wouldn't have had the same, you know, the return and actually made me more profitable sooner in the game. You know, we can all play what ifs. We can all play what ifs. And and you know (laughs) what? But you could have just turned around and sold the computer too. I mean, that's the other thing people talk about, you know, I can't spend the money. What if, what if? I'm like, well, then you'll sell it, you know, and you'll learn. I don't know. I, it's just paid off for me, Cliff. And you've helped so much with that. It's like, you know, you haven't, I don't think we've been irresponsible in encouraging each other, but it's like, get it. Right. Just go out there and get it. I mean, and I sound so stupid with sometimes, but Justin, uh, Lucas Savage and I are, are doing a class right now uh, on social media. And last night we talked about creating content and we talked about videos. And I was like, my tip on uh, making videos is go buy a Mac. That's it. What's the next point? You know, like, yeah. it just. <laughs> You know, it's just, well, what what if, what if I've used the other one? Trust me, I've used Windows Live Movie Maker. You can do it, but 
I can tell when someone uses Windows Live Movie Maker. I can tell. Now I can tell when people use iMovie too, but the difference is I can tell one is good and I can tell one is not as know, good. Not as good, you know. So I just I just I'm so adamant about this, Cliff, because it's paid off for me. Right. You know, well, and, and it's yeah. paid off for you. Now the thing is though, there are some other people out there that that maybe that's not the the crux of their business and and so i think it, and it has to be all kinds of all kinds of decisions and you know for me you know one of the things that i haven't spent money on and this has been very intentional i still have the same print the laser printer that i have um that that when i started my business and i will tell you it's a piece of junk and <laughs> it is a total piece of junk and the thing is is that I mean, I could go out here. I spent five times as much money on my iPad as I would to replace my laser printer. But I still every time I need to go print something, sometimes I have to turn it off and turn it back on. (laughs) And sometimes I have to actually take the toner out, shake it a little bit and put it back in so that it'll actually feed the paper (laughs) through right. You know, but the thing is, it all comes down to, you know, where are you going to spend your money and why are you spending the money? And does I'll be honest with you, my printer still gets the job done. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. But here's the thing: I one thing I did weigh in my decision of whether or not I've replaced it or not. How often do I print things? Yeah, and yeah. I don't print very often. Now maybe I would print more if I actually had a better printer. And I, I actually I would say guarantee I would. But to be honest with you, th- these days the only time I print anything is to print a check with CheckWriter. And Booyah. yeah. yeah. And, and to be honest with you, there are sometimes that sometimes somebody says, hey, Cliff, here's the check number. Here's the amount. And sometimes I wait until I have two or three of those things so that I don't have to fuss with my printer. <laughs> but you know what? The thing is, is that thing is not a Cree. That is not a key critical part of my business. So I've chosen not to spend that money there. Although, is there software out there that I could use for editing podcasts that's available online for free? Absolutely. Can I quote unquote get by with it? Absolutely. Would it sound the same way that my produced shows sound today? Absolutely not. And so I spent $349 twice for software so that I could have it on both computers that I used. Wow. So that's where I choose to spend money to do things that really get me towards the things that yeah. make me profit, you know, and, and not, well, yeah, my content is profitable. So yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Cliff. It, my, it's, it's spending money to make money. Yes. And here's a real practical example of this. Uh, my MacBook was paid for when I got it and it was one of those, it was sort of a, tra- of a trade. I don't know if I told you this before or not, but someone wanted some work done and I said, yeah, I can do that, but I'd need a Mac. So why don't you just buy the Mac and then I'll do it. And they're like, okay. So they bought me a Mac. That yep. was their, that was, that was the job. And so the Mac was paid for and you know, they've got me for nine months making some video stuff for them. And it, it was a, it was a total win win, but I now have this tool that, you know, I can use it on other jobs too. And I do. So, and my wife loves it, which is great. Um, here's so go ahead. Here's go ahead. one, here's one other point that I want to bring up. And, and I think it's important anytime we start talking about spending money and the way that I spend money and, and stuff like that, you know, by, by the way, at, at June 20, I've got an iPhone 3G right here. And and uh, as as soon as the new iPhone 4 comes out, d- uh, dude, I'm going to be in a li- matter of fact, mine's going to be prepaid for pre reserved. And I'm going to go to the <laughs> Apple store and I'm going to wait in line and I'm going to pull out a brand new iPhone. 
You know, I is that absolutely necessary for me to have? No. Do I am I intentional in my purchase of it? Absolutely. And I think that it will end up being good for me in my business. Now, do I is it going to do anything that I can't do on the current one? Yeah, actually there will be. There'll be some things that I'm going to do. But let me explain to you this and this is why I bring all of this up. I I'm going to go out and I, I'm going to use some funds from my business to go out and buy me a brand new iPhone, even though I have a two-year-old iPhone that works just fine right now. Well, yeah, which you're going to give to me, but go ahead. Which I'm actually going to give to my my 10-year-old daughter, believe it or not. Nice. Um, yes. That would make for a good episode of World According to Megan. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but here's the situation. I'm debt-free. I'm debt-free. I don't owe credit cards companies seventy, eighty thousand dollars anymore. Right. Eight years right. ago, I did, mm. and 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 I, I want to tell you, be honest with you, I, and and the folks who have a really tough time spending money in their business are the folks who are still trying to launch their business, but they're still under the weight of student loans. They're still under the weight of you know. Twenty, thirty thousand dollars in credit card date debt. They're still under the weight of that, you know, two thousand eight or two thousand nine automobile that they're driving. Yeah, that those people are the ones who can't spend the money. And and to be honest with you, everything that I think, and I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm too bold in saying this. Everything that you and I have talked about today, I'm not sure that I would suggest anybody follow our advice in this in this area when you are under that kind of debt i i think the first thing and foremost thing that you need to do is find a way to start paying down that debt so that you so that you, then you don't have those things because i remember when i started my business was um uh not it's not prosperity what's the other the other way of thinking it's not prosperity thinking it's uh uh, scarcity, scarcity. I had such a mindset of scarcity when I started my business, even though I was debt free, I was still had a mindset of scarcity. And so I made so many decisions. It's like, what can I do to make money? What can I do to make money? What can I do to make money? And I was, a, and, and of course anybody's, you know, my, pr I needed a new printer toner for my printer. And I'm like, I can't go get that. I can't afford that right now because I'm I don't even have enough money that I'm going to be able to pay myself. How can I go out and get it's like, you know what? I had to get over that. I needed to say, you know what? Go get yourself a printer toner. You're going to need to print checks, my friend. Um, so I, I, I think I, I just wanted to point out that I really believe that our society can live debt free. And I think maybe one of the things if you're facing right now, the problem with the fact that you can't spend money isn't because your business isn't profitable and, and, and that there's not a little extra money that you could actually hold back from paying yourself, but instead you can invest back in your company. I think there's a lot of people who are having problems spending money on the future and the success, uh, success of their business is because they're still drowning in debt. And I really want to suggest that people evaluate that aspect in that area of their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, obviously a great place to start is by listening to Dave Ramsey, get one of his books, you know, write me, I'll send you one of his books. I've got a couple sitting on my shelf that I'd love to bless people with. Uh, the bottom line is that you can't spend, spend money you don't have. Even if you think you have money and you can spend it because you swipe a piece of plastic, you know, and I'm a debit card guy, so it's not, plastic's not evil, I'm not all cash, but when I, the point is simple is that 
the reason that people have a hard time spending money is because they know deep down they don't have any. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, if if I'm in debt and I spend a thousand dollars, well then I didn't I didn't really spend a thousand dollars. I spent a thousand dollars I didn't have. Now they'll let me, but they'll charge me a fee or interest in order to do so. So my encouragement to people is to find level ground. Right now you're underground. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just get to the surface and then build it up from there. But I can tell you, Cliff, my wife and I had this conversation and, and you and I talked about uh, a little bit earlier this week about how my business is just exploding right now. And I'm very, very grateful for that. This show has helped tremendously with that. But my show, my, my show, my, my business is exploding. I'm going to make more this month than I've ever made in my life in one month. Okay. Um, and it, we're not even halfway through the month yet. <laughs> and, and I can tell you this, three months into my business, I was like, man, maybe I should go deliver pizzas. I was too. I I want to admit it. I was too, Andy. I really, Stephanie was thinking, did you do the math? And you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Well, you know what happened? Seriously, this is, this is what happened. Um, I was literally thinking through because Stephanie had already said she'd go out and get a job. She, she had already told me this. And I literally thought to myself, there's no way I can send her out to do a, to, to, to do a job when I'm sitting here just twiddling my thumbs trying to figure out how I'm going to make money. So I I literally thought, Andy, I'm going to get myself a job delivering pizzas or driving Mm -hmm. one of those little shuttle buses around the airport to, to, you know, (laughs) and stuff like that. You know, something that I didn't have to use my mind in the job so that I could think creatively about Ah, what I'm going to do. Yeah. yeah, How can I think about my job while I'm doing another job? And so I, and and so I didn't think about the math of it at that moment, but here's what I did think one day the phone rang and I, somebody wanted to place an order and it, they placed an order. You know, they, they bought a rather large package of equipment in that one phone call, 20 minutes on the phone. I made $349 Yeah, in yeah. one in 20 minutes. And I sit there and I said, wait a second. What I need to do is figure out how to duplicate what I just did in that phone call several right. times a week. Yeah. And forget going and delivering pizzas. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I mean, I was thinking about, and this is where it came up. I, I, I got, um, well, I won't use the specific numbers, but several thousand dollars of contracts came in for, for just, for just, I'm not lifting a finger. I'm just using my mouth. <laughs> it is consulting. Okay. I am, I am, I got a, a, quite a few thousand dollars for two different, um, groups that are paying me to consult them on um, building their their online community, making it stronger using Facebook, using an absolutely free tool, right? Yep. No ongoing cost, cost to me or them, but they are hiring me because they think I can help their customer base grow stronger, their congregation grow closer together, all those things. Several thousands of dollars to do that, right? And so I, I walk upstairs and, and actually I love to do this. I show my wife the email and I say they just accepted that. I showed the proposal and she goes, they just accepted that. And she said, for what? Like, what are you doing? And I, and I tell her and she's like, that's just unbelievable to me. Yeah. And, and what's unbelievable is we really were considering going to work for seven or $8 an hour. And now I'm getting paid thousands of dollars to consult with companies. And here's the thing, Cliff, it's a win-win. Yes. I mean, that's, that's the crazy thing about it. If, you know, if you pay me, you know, $8 an hour, you know, I don't really win. That's more of a win-lose. Because I'm worth more than eight dollars an hour, you know what I mean. 
Yeah. But when when I, I that's the crazy thing about this, Cliff, is you and I can make so much more money, and it still be a win win. And that's that's not a scarcity model. No, you it, know, I can feel good about interacting with someone for two hours and charging them nine hundred dollars for a product because. Or I know you've interacted for five minutes with somebody and, and made hundreds of dollars from that interaction because of a product you've made. Yep. And th- that's win win. You know, that's that's just smart. Yeah. And and like Seth Godin says in there, uh, if one penny equals four, the question is how many pennies can I spend? Right. You know. And that's where I'm getting into my business. And honestly, Cliff, this is where I'm at. And, and this is the last thing I have is I'm starting to look at what else can I buy that would help my business grow. <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm looking to buy to pay for things that I know will help my business grow because I went, man, I bought this computer and and um, I think right now I'm in the mode where I've got to use the tools uh, to make a few more products. But uh, at the end of the day, it, it's it's worked. And, and if it doesn't work, you can sell it as a, at a little bit of a loss. Um, but uh, yeah, I just encourage people think through that and, and find a way, even if you have to sell something else, to get things that are going to push you to the next level with your business. That's right. Um, I, absolutely, Andy. I have I have a I have a an account. I have I have three different accounts for my business. Three different checking accounts. One is my operating checking account. Another one is I actually have a separate checking account. Um, I have a separate separate checking account for uh, my withholding for all my taxes. Like, you know, quarterly I have to pay taxes. Yeah. So every time yep. I pay myself, I make sure that whatever's going to have to eventually be paid at taxes at the end of the quarter, I just transfer all that money. So it's untouchable in another account. And then I have a third account. It's called Ono, O N O options, not obligations. And every month I take, I take a little bit of money over top of the overhead and before I pay myself and I just scrape a little bit of the profits and I throw it over into this options, not obligation uh, thing it, account. And and I will be honest with you, I've, I've got about two grand sitting in there right now. And and you know what? My wife would love for me to increase my monthly income. But you know what? We live on my monthly income. We're we get by. And, and you know what? I don't I'm not ready at this point to increase my standard of living. I'm ready to continue to foster the growth of my business so that when we do decide to increase our standard of living a little bit and make things a little bit more relaxing around the Ravenscraft household financially, then we'll be able to do so when the business has even done um, exponentially better as a result. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it, what it does, well, Cliff, what you're doing is you're you're. That's not a scarcity mentality. I think that's a that's a, I would call it a bedrock mentality. Is you want to build your life on the rock. Yep. And for you and I, that obviously obviously applies to our faith as well. But you want to build your business. You want to build your family on a strong foundation. And so why why wouldn't you move from a position of strength? So okay, we're going to move our income up because we've got the surplus over here, right? I'm going to buy this computer for cash because I can. Whatever it might be, it's moving from a position of strength. Um, is it's just it's just so much easier to have that momentum. And like I said, it's the difference between being on your heels and your toes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You are moving forward where other people are standing still, and there's a really big difference. 
Now I will you know? I will say that when you start when you have a startup, it, it it's not easy to spend money right up front, and 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 you do want to wait till your business is a little bit profitable before you you do some of the discretionary, and and of course you have to make these decisions. But I, I love what Jonathan put in the chat chat room. Oh gosh, let me see if I can go back. He says, heard this great line in a presentation at real estate investment group that he's a part of. Many businesses fail because the personal finances of the people involved cannot deal with the sporadic nature of a startup. Get your own finances in order. So that's that's number one. And then number two, once your own finances are in order and you're ready to actually go into the sporadic nature of, am I going to get paid this month? Um, <laughs> then you're ready for a startup. <laughs> and, right. and and when you start your startup, you know, I love what Jason Fried wrote in his book, um, uh, Rework. Rework. He says, hire when it hurts. He says, don't hire for pleasure. Hire to kill pain. And, and, and again, I think this just apply this thinking of hiring as spending money on whatever it is. Always ask yourself, what if I don't hire anyone? Is the extra work that's burning us really necessary? Can we solve the problem with a slice of software or a change of practice instead? What if we just don't do this thing? Similarly, if you lose someone, don't replace him immediately. See how long you can get by without that person in that position. You'll often discover you don't even need as many people as you think. The right time yeah. to hire is when there's more work than you can handle for a sustained period of time. There, there should be things that you can't do anymore. Uh, you should notice the quality level slipping. That's when you're hurting and that's when it's time to hire, not earlier. And I, I just read that. And the other one he said is do it yourself first. And and listen to this. He says, never hire anyone to do a job until you've tried to do it yourself first. That way you'll understand the nature of the work. You'll know what a job well done looks like. You'll know how to write a realistic job description and which questions to ask huh. in an interview. You'll That's know great. You'll know whether or not to hire somebody full-time or part-time. Outsource it or keep doing it yourself. The last is preferable if possible, he says. I almost disagree with that, by the way. But anyway, we'll go on with this. Anyway, you'll always you'll also be much a much better manager because you'll know that uh, you'll be supervising supervising people doing a job that you've done yourself before. You'll know uh, when to criticize and when to support. Um, I'll go on uh, and just skip. Actually, you know what? We're almost there. And he says you'll feel out of your element at times. You might feel like you're even stuck. That's all right. You can hire your way out of that feeling and you can learn your way out of, or you can learn your way out of it. He says, try learning first. What you give up in the initial execution will be repaid many times over by the wisdom you gain. Uh, plus, mm. he says, you should want to be intimately involved in all aspects of your business. Otherwise, you'll wind up dark uh, in the dark, putting your fate solely in the hands of others. That's dangerous. And, you know, I think there's some great wisdom in there. But I will say this, though. Um, there are many of us who are at the point now where we are just burning the candle at both sticks, working, you know, 12, 14, 16 hour days. And when you're doing that, you have to start asking yourself, is it time to start spending money on getting some help? Cliff, yes. Cliff, did, my, did my wife talk to you? <laughs> Any Anybody out there, I just want to encourage you. This is my shameless self-promotion. Uh, go to virtualassistantpodcast.com. Virtualassistantpodcast.com. Start listening to that. If you haven't started spending some money, here's a place where I'm going to suggest every 
small to business, small to medium sized business owner, think about spending some dollars because it's going it, to, in my opinion, having a virtual assistant is even better than having a nice shiny new Mac. So that's my own thought. I agree. And let me close with this. This is the last thing I wanted to say is I think that as much as you can, I'll, I'll, I'll connect this with personal and business. My wife multiplies me, meaning that she makes me so much better. Uh, you know, one plus Andy plus Sarah does not equal two. It equals like 50. And we're just such a great team. She's such a great blessing to me. And I'm, I'm so much more because of her. Think about that in your business. What are things that you can do that would multiply your effectiveness? Multiply. For, for me, and this sounds silly, it was a MacBook. It was a MacBook 13-inch computer. <laughs> you know, uh, that's it. So what is it that you are holding back that could multiply things? Because addition takes a long, long time, my friends. But multiplication, it doesn't take long to... Uh, to start to to see some real traction and growth in your business. So be cautious, be thoughtful, think about it, pray about it, consult other successful people that you know about decisions they've made. But at the end of the day, I I fall on the side of make the investment. Absolutely. Well, my friends, thank you for listening to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. We are here each and every week for you. Of course, this is a free episode of Business Tech Weekly, but we don't allow every single episode to go out for free. In fact, you might want to pay for a membership to gspn.tv plus membership. Speaking of uh, speaking of great investments. There you go. Uh, it, basically, what we do is we guarantee that we give you at least one episode of Business Tech Weekly per month for free as well as all of the other shows here at gspn.tv. But what we do is we have one low monthly fee of $10 a month, and you get access to each and every episode of every podcast we produce, including every week's episodes of Business Tech Weekly. Head over to gspn.tv slash plus. You'll learn how you can get access to the entire archives of Business Tech Weekly and also the entire archives of everything we've produced at gspn.tv, which is more than 2,200 podcast episodes. Andy, I want to say that uh, since we've done Business Tech Weekly and because we have, you know, we hold back certain episodes only to plus members, Business Tech Weekly on a monthly basis is usually generating about three or four new plus members a month. Awesome. So awesome. Very yep. awesome stuff. That's a good investment, my friends. I, I, I pay Cliff 10 bucks every month. It's worth every penny. Very cool. Hey, everybody, we want to hear from you. Just like Jay Carter did, you can give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline. The phone number, of course, is 859-795-4067. Or you can do what Jay actually did. He actually recorded an audio file, uh, and then he just attached that to an email to feedback at gspn.tv. So again, the phone number, 859-795-4067. Or you can send an audio file to feedback at gspn.tv. We would love to hear your voice in our podcast. Andy, do we have any idea yet what we're talking about next week? Um, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we will have an excellent show. I can guarantee you that. We invite you to come and join the community. Come and join the community.